Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 125. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And yep, you've guessed it. I hope you are having an awesome week. So, little story behind the gentleman who is joining us today. A few months ago, probably a lot longer than a few months ago, I watched this amazing Goldcast video that just, just the whole story had such an impact on me. And I was saying to a couple of friends of mine and my um that you know this is the guy I would love to get uh, this gentleman on the show and um, with the stuff that's been going on um, which you would have heard about in the beginning of the series I've had to keep delaying and postponing but this gentleman was a um, was a a true gent and he held on and we got it rearranged and I am so glad to bring um, Rock Thomas onto the show but let me tell you a little bit about Rock Thomas so this gold cast, firstly, has touched over 72 million people. I mean, just imagine that. Rock is the creator of the I Am movement, a campaign that reminds people that they have the power to choose their own de- destiny. With 36 streams of income and the national levels of success, Rock is the CEO of March to the Million M1 Mastermind, the co-founder of Go Abundance, a renowned mastermind and adventure tribe. You know, there is so much to tell you about Rock, but let's get him on the show. Rock, welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Jeff. So, Rock, before we really get started, could you just give us a little bit of a background of what actually brought you to this point today? Yeah, you know, I grew up in a farm in Canada, and I learned how to work really hard for the first 20 years of my life. And then I had a turning point where I met a mentor who taught me how to work smart instead of hard. And I went from being a carpenter, a laborer, a taxi driver, working in restaurants, thinking I could only make money basically with my hands, to realizing that had I developed a new skill set, I could make money with my communication skills and with my influencing skills. So I went into real estate and into sales. And I went from, you know, making an average wage to maybe 10 or 15 times that. Got really excited about the potential, uh, became very good at sales, bought the company, ran a real estate organization for 10 years, selling a billion dollars of real estate a year. And then I noticed that other people were struggling and I decided to take what I had learned when it came to mindset and start to master what I call master my mindset, my attitude, my ability to reframe things, help people, wrote a bunch of books, started coaching, speaking, training, and the rest is kind of 15 or 20 years of doing that history-wise is just, you know, the joy of empowering people. It's kind of like when you help your kid ride a bike for the first time. It's way cooler than you riding it yourself for the first yeah. time because you get to see somebody's face in the transformation. And it's been a fun journey for me um, ever since, Jeff. So when you've, obviously, you, you know, you've got this huge level of success. And I know when reading a bit about you before we started the, um, when we got you on the show, you know, you've trained with some of the best minds out there. Um, for you, how in how important is it to learn from those people who have been successful, who have either achieved things that you haven't of yet, or maybe that have done things in a different way? Great question, because I think that a lot of people 
you know, struggle with admitting they're not where they want to be. So they try to figure things out on their own, which I respect as entrepreneurial, but experience is the slowest teacher. Wisdom, you know, cuts through and accelerates things. So if you're willing to be mentored and taught by somebody else, you can accelerate and compress time. And that's what I figured out. So I've worked with the guy that coached Tiger Woods and improved my golf game and shot in the 60s. A few people that play golf, they know that that's not easy to do. And I learned how to be a better speaker by training with Tony Robbins and T. Har Becker, who were people who were running some of the most impactful organizations on the planet. I've worked with the top in real estate, the guy that owns the Remax franchise when it was number one. And now I work with Gary Keller and Keller Williams, it's number one. I'm attracted to number one because success leaves clues. And if you're willing to be passionately curious, you can actually really cut time in half. And I think that life is precious. I want to bring the most to my family. I want to live at the highest level. And people say, you know, money's not, some people say money's not important. And money won't make you happy. We know that, or some people know that, but it will give you freedom. And I'm all about freedom of choice, freedom to do the things that I like to do. I'm headed on a three-week trip to Europe in a little while. And I get to do that because of some of the decisions I made in the past. And I love to help people cut through and accelerate so that they can get results faster as well. Yeah. Um, and for you, what do you feel? It's one of the things I come across is, is the, I suppose, the ego of the early entrepreneurs. You said it's that willingness to, okay, I need to learn from people. I'm not just going to sit through the battle and the trenches and do it all on my own, because that's what I feel is part of the, um, I don't know, it's part of the course of being in, in business on your own. Do you, do you find that that's quite a common thing or... Yeah. It, yeah, okay. Yeah, totally. Uh, great questions, by the way, Jeff. You know, there's a couple of things there. And I'm not a psychologist, but I think I have a PhD in psychology because I've studied human behavior for so long. Imagine this is let's say that you, you know, you're playing your favorite sport. Let's say it's tennis, just for simplistic reasons. And you're holding the racket in not the optimal way. And you play that way for seven years. And then you decide you want to get better because you just can't get better. You take a lesson and they tell you you need to change your grip. How easy is that to do? It's not, because practice doesn't make perfect like people tell you, practice makes permanent. So what people do is they invest seven years in running a business, in a relationship, in playing tennis, then they come along, they're frustrated because they can't get more juice out of that situation. They get some information called feedback saying you need to shift that. First of all, they have to deal with the shame and embarrassment of having done something not optimally, which is really hard. So sometimes they will, they will fight and resist it and continue down that path and sabotage themselves. But let's say they're open. They now have to undo that habit and change the grip, which feels completely awkward and terrible just because they're familiar with it. And then they have to recondition a new one, which takes an enormous amount of energy. So sometimes people get into that shifting the business, becoming an entrepreneur, thinking bigger, trying to be better at communicating and not being passive aggressive, whatever it is. And it's really a lot of work. So people tend to throw in the towel and grab a beer and sit there and watch Netflix and go back to their mediocre life. And so for me, I'm like, you've got to work with people and let them understand that the juice is worth the squeeze, that they're going to break through to the other side and it will be a whole new transformation. But if you don't get a chance to work with people like that, most people will never get there. No, it's it's interesting because I um I did a training course with uh, Jack Canfield for a year, and it completely got me to look at things in a completely different way. So I was almost like a completely different, well, almost different mindset completely from starting it. 
to leaving mm-hmm. it after a year because I just saw things in a completely different way. As you say, it's because yeah. you open yourself up. Yeah, I mean, we all have just one perspective and it all yeah. comes from programming. If you grew up in China, you'd probably eat more rice than you eat. You know, mm-hmm. it's just what you're exposed to. When you get an upgrade on your phone or your computer, you usually don't go, oh no, I'm not going for the upgrade. You yeah. upgrade it because you know you can't operate properly in this world if you don't upgrade things. Yet ironically, Jeff, people don't really have a system to upgrade their own thinking, their mindset, how to handle problems, how to reframe difficulties, how to be motivated, inspired in spite of the crappy feedback and setbacks that happen in life. You're personally going through something right now mm. and you know, you've got to be resilient. Yeah. And it's tough to be resilient because it's easy for people to say, man, that really sucks and bring you down and you feel like you wish it was another way. But mm. wishing it's another way doesn't make it another way. It just makes no. you feel shitty. Yeah, and that's absolutely. not going to help you get better, right? No. Yeah. And also, I think and there's another, the other interesting thing is, is when you're, when you're going through those sort of challenges, it's, I suppose there's one, ex, it's the appreciation and knowledge and, and going, you know, I don't know this and it's okay to get it wrong, but yeah. I need to learn from this mistakes. And if you get those characteristics that go, no, no, it's, it's my way and that's the only way to do it. And then you get these other people, you know, the types of people like Jack Canfield, you mentioned Tony Robbins and these, the thought leaders in there. And also yourself, when, I, when, I, when you look through, you know, that Goldcast video, and I highly recommend if anyone wants to watch something that will bring you to tears, and it did me, the uh, Rock's Goldcast uh, video is definitely one of those people, one of those things. But when you start learning from people like yourselves who have done that journey, it's also nice in, in, a, in a weird way to know that there's, they haven't got it right first time as well. I think sometimes we put people like yourselves up on, the, on that mantle and go, I'm never going to be able to be like that. I'm never going to achieve that. But actually, when you show authenticity and honesty and show what d- journey you've done, it's that going, okay, then I can do that. It's possible. Yeah, I have a saying for that is, why not you? Why not you to be financially free? Why not you to run a marathon? Why not you to have an amazing relationship where you laugh and you have joy and you have great intimacy? Usually it's just a voice of somebody else that was a shitty programmer. So your mother or your father who were programmed by their mother or father or your guardian or your broke uncle or your crazy teacher, they planted a thought in your mind that seemed good and valid and real at the time. So you go, yeah, I'm skinny, I'm fat, I'm short, I'm tall, I'm bad with numbers, whatever it is, I'm funny. And you took it on as your identity. And I say the words that follow I am follow you. So if you're not careful and somebody suggests you are this way and you take it on, you're going to live into that just like you're being given a script from a director to play that role for the rest of your life. I was called pizza face for the longest time because I had acne. And then when I found out I could change that, I changed it to my idol being Clint Eastwood and I went to ruggedly handsome. Yes. <laughs> and it changed the way I feel about myself. I also went from working hard to working smart. I also went from dyslexic and not being uh, good at spelling to authoring three books. So I changed the way that I saw myself and I saw myself how I wanted to see myself in my best. I do an exercise in my seminars where we say, write yourself out in your higher self, your lower self, the three greatest ways you see yourself in the three worst. And then have somebody else read the three worst ways to you and people can't do it. 
because they have to call you stupid or ugly or you'll never amount to much. Yet we have these conversations with ourselves. It's time that we upgrade the conversation with ourselves, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've talked about working smarter and as you know, you're successful, you were talking about you're able to go off and and enjoy a three week um, holiday in Europe. I hope you're going to some really cool places. Are you coming to England? Um, We're not sure yet. We're going to, I'm from Holland, we're going to go to Holland, and then we're going to see we're going to just go wherever we want. Maybe. Excellent. Okay. So with that is, I suppose, creating the plan and doing the things in a day and making your day as productive as possible, but at the same time working smart. It's one of those things that I I work with an awful lot of people that are trapped in that burnout phase. You know, they just work, 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 and they wait until a break and then they wonder why life isn't giving them what they want or whatever else. Can you give some advice on how to be, how to work that smart sort of strategies that may you may use or the philosophies and the thinking that, goes behind that for you yeah sure i'm pretty passionate about that i i actually have a course called the sunday system for success where i help people plan out their week and thus their day and break down to some of the simplistic pieces but it's it's you know it's a four-hour course but i'll give you a couple of nuggets number one is all failure comes from broken focus yet oddly 97 percent of the world does not really create a plan or have you know intentional goals when you have intentional goals you create focus. When you have focus, you eliminate options like the shiny objects that are splashed in front of us by media and our friends, etc. So you start to be more productive. Think of the day before you go on vacation. You're better at saying no to things because you've got to get stuff done. But what if you could live your life more like that? Then you've got to understand that you also need some breaks. A five-minute break every 30 minutes actually does you better, but people rarely go there because they feel like they're behind the eight ball all the time mostly because they're not being productive. So what I do is I plan out my week, but I also rehearse the week emotionally once all of the things are scheduled. So I know that that business meeting at two o'clock on Thursday afternoon, I need to have my financials, but how do I wanna show up emotionally? So we show people that the greatest people rehearse the sporting event, the business meeting, the negotiation that's gonna happen, or think back to when you we're dating, you rehearsed in your mind what you were gonna say to her or she to you, and you were prepared, at least to the best of your ability, to show up in a way that was gonna give you the performance you wanted. When you pay the price of practice in private, you'll perform in public like a pro. So there's ways to do it, but the biggest thing is you've gotta decide intentionally the outcome or result you want from each one of those meetings, and I found most people can achieve twice as much in half the time when they use that system, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's interesting. There's two things that come from that. The first one is, is um, when I do my presentations, what the first thing I ask is how many people are going on holiday and how many have got a plan for it? And everyone puts their hands up. The next one is how many people have got what they're going to do in the next year? And maybe one person put the hand up and it's a staggering, and I was no different. Um, the second thing that came from that is, is when I was ill, I went through a, a long-term illness. The th- one of the things that I did in order to pull me out there was I rehearsed how I wanted to feel. So it was, you know, either looking for energy or being more confident or dealing with however I dealt with my depression and stuff. And it, it, it's so true. You've just got to take that time to learn those new skills. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I love the fact that you do that. And, you know, you've got to have a vision for your life. And again, we're not really taught that in school. 
We're taught to, you know, pay your bills, get a good education, get a job, get through next week, get through next month, get to the summer with the kids. And it's, it's, that, it's that someday thing, right? The yeah. Someday when the kids grow up, then we'll finally go on a vacation. Or yeah. someday a, when it's not the holidays, I'll get in the way, in the shape I'm supposed to. Yeah. yeah. Someday yeah. never comes. Hey guys, so just before we jump over to the second part of the show, I wanted to let you know that the closed group Success IQ Alliance is now open to anyone who wants to be part of the community. I'm really excited to do this because I really want to meet more people to get a community growing of like-minded people looking at creating the exceptional life. So all you need to do is search on Facebook for Success IQ Alliance and I look forward to seeing you there. Take care. Um, what we'll do now is we'll move to the second part of the show, and that's where I'll ask you a set of questions I ask every single guest who comes on the show so we can find similarities or common threads. So number one is, on average, how much time a week do you dedicate to self-development? <sighs> body, mind, and spirit. You don't have to be precise, um, Rock. <laughs> I'm going to give you, you know, I mean, uh, 70 hours. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it's that's my life. Yeah. It's, my life. it's one of the really interesting things is because that's one of the reasons why I asked that question is because the amount of people who say they want to be successful or have an experience of success in their life, but actually don't do anything to develop. They don't do the learning thing. They don't do the groundwork in order yeah. to get there. It's, it's all now, again, I was no different when I went through my sort of crucible moment, but it is stunning. Um, question well, I have a metaphor. I have a Go metaphor on. for you, Jeff. Please it's imagine ten small marble glasses filled with marbles, and each one of those ten glasses represent a principle, a ritual, or a habit of highly successful people. People that choose a result, climb Mount Everest, or build a business, or be a great mom. It's still a result that you want. But there's ten guiding principles. One is personal development. Another one is goal setting, vision, skills, focus, etc. So every time that you spend a little bit of time um, working on those things and reading about them or doing them, you take one marble out of that jar and you put it into the big jar and you keep on doing that. If you, if you don't consistently do your personal development, then the jar, the marbles get taken out of the big jar and go back into that little jar. So you have to consistently fill up the big jar. And when that big jar is full, you have the character, the personality, the identity of somebody that gets stuff done. And that's the type of person, I don't know who a great athlete is in your part of the world, but that's the person that the coach wants to give the ball, the stick, the opportunity in the dying moments because they know their character has the highest chance of success. And that's what you want to work toward as an individual is to develop your character by doing those little things on a consistent basis. Love that. Play with the right marbles. That's always a good one. Okay, question number <laughs> two is, what book has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why? Um, I mean, there's many. It just depends which phase I'm at. But if I go back to the beginning, I would say that it was uh, Awaken the Giant Within from Tony Robbins because I picked it up off of the shelf in 2001. And instead of going on a, on a journey, on a trip, drinking with the boys I went on a trip and read the book and it led to my massive dive into personal development so that was the catalyst that book cool it's 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 number one of the the uh, recommended books on the show actually it's it's everyone oh, wow. I went to that one and everything so that's brilliant uh, question number three is is there an app that makes the biggest impact to your business or life whether it's an app or a platform 
Well, Facebook and Instagram from a marketing perspective, for sure. But Audible for me is the one that I use a lot because I like to digest information. So I, I listen to tons and tons of books and I put my books on Audible as well. So I would say Audible, I think, is brilliant. You can listen to books at one and a half times the speed. If the author speaks slowly, you can do notes and all kinds of stuff. So I love that one. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Scribed? Uh, no. So Scribe's a really good one because it's $7.99 a month. Um, but actually what it is, you can listen to as many audio books. It's not like a credit thing like Audible is. Um, so it's a really, really good one. Um, just to mention that one. Um, okay, <laughs> number four. Um, what's your biggest business mistake which turned into a valuable lesson and what did it teach you? Um, I'm hesitating because there's so many to choose from. <laughs> Um, uh, when I was 24, I bankrupt a restaurant and I ended up going to, uh, moving to Quebec city to get a job as a flight attendant, but I didn't speak French, but I was so desperate cause I had no money left. I had a $200 car and I rented a room in the lady's house and I learned how to speak French fluently in about three and a half months because I read it, watched it, listened to it and bathed in it and was highly motivated and paid back my mother the $20,000 in 18 months by working three jobs. And what it taught me was that most of the time we never gives our, ourselves the opportunity to lift the heavy weights. We want life to be easy. But when life comes along and makes it harder for you, you actually get the gift of being forced to find something that is dormant within you. So now I put heavy objects in front of me, I put big goals in front of me to demand to find that part of myself and then I find a part of myself that makes me fully alive. So I'm very grateful for that experience. That's brilliant. Okay, thank you very much. Um, number five is, what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life, and how do you manage them? Um, I would say that I've gotten to a pretty good point. I started Mastermind Group six years ago, where we do bucket list adventures around the world. I've done 160 trips in the last six years. And I get paid to go to really cool places like China, Japan, uh, Thailand, uh, Machu Picchu, and walk up with people that are high-minded, having high-minded conversations. And as a leader of that mastermind group, um, I get to choose some of the things that we do and talk about. So I've been able to blend it very well. I would say that if anything, some of my family are like, okay, dad, stop with the freaking seminar at dinner, you know? Um, <laughs> So I could probably benefit from being a little bit more playful and I'm, yeah. I'm working on that part. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, a, it's, it's a curse and a gift to do what we do. It's like, because when all of a sudden something goes on in the kids' lives and stuff, it's like, okay, we have. Actually, actually I've got a webinar on this, kids. You should be watching this. But yeah, so brilliant. Okay, you thanks. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do, totally. Question number six. Um, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Uh, be very patient with the relationships that you build. Uh, as humans, we're variable, and some people are going to disappoint you, annoy you, piss you off. Um, but then two or three months later, they could be an asset for you. I've burned a few bridges because my father was a very principled man, and somebody showed up late, or they didn't say what they were going to do, and then I just cut them out. When they were just maybe having a tough time, or they made a bad decision, or something else influenced them, and I was a little ruthless in my my principled nature coming from a Dutch German father. 
So I would say nurture your relationships because if you can have relationships that are 10, 20, 30, 40 years old, those people are going to open doors for you that, that a three-month relationship won't. The trust will be there. The history will be there. Build your relationships. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. Okay, question number seven is, I watched this really good video of um, you on Instagram. Um, and when you were talking about that definition of what you wanted to do, what is your definition of success? You know, it's pretty cliche is, is freedom. I, I value freedom to do what I want, when I want, whenever I want. Um, but I would add to that, that's uh, also impactful and within my value system. So I'm very health driven. My father died of cancer when he was 62. So I've become very health driven. And I believe that we live in a society where, you know, the biggest drug dealers are the food industry. And most people are unaware of it. So I try to be an example when it comes to health. I'm 56 years old, but I can usually kick a 25 year old's ass in just about anything. So I try to be an example and an inspiration there. So my, my definition of success is choosing what's important to you, what you want to do, really being connected with it authentically. Like right now I'm taking piano lessons and being able to do it and impact other people and be an inspiration. So it's all in that kind of arena. Yeah, yeah, cool, brilliant, thank you. Question number eight, do you have any daily routines or rituals that have made a huge impact to your day? So I wake up, I do 57 push-ups because I'm 56 years old and I want to be able to stay and see how long that lasts. Okay. Um, I move and agitate my body, consume eight ounces of water. I have an hour approximately for myself where I do things I learned from a few of my mentors, but it's really meditate, visualize, journal, read, listen to something motivational or create something uh, and move my body. And then once I've done all of that, I now I'm in the habit of playing about half an hour of, of piano. And then I'll, um, I'll often head out and go golfing or play tennis or do something much more active. But often the first three to four hours of the day are mine for me to enjoy. Yeah. And do you do anything at night to help promote good quality sleep or anything like that? I do. I do. Um, I, my goal is to get into the bedroom between 9 and 9.30. And then I have usually about an hour of very similar things of journaling, asking myself questions like, what did I learn? Where did I contribute? What did I enjoy? How was I successful? You know, kind of refueling the day and noticing the things so that the next day I'm tempted to go out and repeat the things that worked. I'll often read um, or meditate. I have many different meditations, some that are guided, some that are not. And hopefully I'm going to be lucky and spend a little bit of time with my lady and do have a little cuddle time. <laughs> how was it? How difficult was it for you to um, adopt the meditation? You know, it was very difficult. I, um, I resisted it for probably two, two and a half decades. I've been tinkering with it for a long time, but I'm a type A personality. And my mind was always, it's a waste of time. I'm sitting here doing nothing. What's the point? You know, um, but I started to understand it the more that I kept on hearing it. Oh, this person does it. That person does it. This successful person does it. And I realized it was not about turning the mind off. It was observing the mind and allowing it to slow down, creating space for ideas and creativity. So um, I went to India two years ago on a, an extended meditation retreat and had some really great breakthroughs personally and went to Costa Rica and did some ayahuasca plant medicine and a lot of meditation and start to realize the benefits of yoga and meditation. And now it's just a regular practice. 
Cool, cool. Okay, so, so it is the final question. It's the life lesson question. These are lessons that I've learned while I was um, ill or on my recovery. Um, and it is our final conversational point. Um, so if you could pick a number between 1 and 20, please. I'm going to choose uh, lucky 13. 13 is learn to respect and love yourself first. Um, so this was this was really where I came from is um, I have a, a book that I keep with me just for keepsake. And I wrote down all the things I used to think about myself when I was ill. Um, not one is a nice thing. Um, it was kind of like what you were saying at the beginning from being uh, fat, useless, a waste of human, whatever it was. Um, yeah. And what I learned when I came out the other side and when I started to recover and I started to go through this, um, I call it, I went from my, from my desperation to inspiration phase. Um, and I, I, was, I just sort of come out that suicide contemplation thing and going out to do it. And I, I kind of realized that everything has to start with me. The things that I'm, you know, whatever I'm going to do in the future will come from how I feel about myself, not necessarily. It doesn't matter how nice people are saying things to me. I have to be at that point where I can receive and appreciate and everything else. And I have to be at that point where I really respect myself. So I do this mirror um, routine every morning. I don't leave it until I'm congruent with what I'm saying, how I'm feeling and how I'm standing. And part of that is at the very end of it, and I've said it for the last 11 years now, every day is I love you at the end. And I just wondered what you, what you think about that sort of philosophy or that sort of lesson. I love it. I think it may be one of the most important ever because you can't, you know, mo most of us are programmed to come to get love from something instead of to come from love, but we can't come from love because we haven't learned how to love ourselves. And that's one of my biggest practices. It was actually my theme for the entire year. I do a, have a document called the one sheet. And last year's theme, 2018, was self-love. And I did the same thing. Get up, look in the mirror, tell you I love you. Be grateful for all the trials and tribulations, even the mistakes, the goof-ups. And look at the wrinkles on my face and starting to fall in love with those, the history that it created. It's a practice like anything else. We, you know, without going into the psychology of it, there's a reason why we don't love ourselves based on fear of not being enough. That's perpetuated by media. And when you understand that, some of Brittany Brown's work and stuff like that, then you can start to do the healing that's required in order for you to feel better about yourself. There's only one version of you was ever made. Everybody else has taken, you might as well do the best version of you. But it's really easy for us to compare and go, you know what, I'm not enough of this. I'm too short, too tall, blah, blah, blah. I don't have enough money. I made all these mistakes. I shouldn't have done that. I was an idiot. If I hadn't done that, I'd be here. If I didn't make that decision, if I didn't screw up. But the human experience is one of, you know, making mistakes. And if we can learn to be vulnerable and empathetic, some of the emotions that I'm learning to enhance in my life then we have the real connection that we want. And that's what humans want. They want to belong, they want to matter, they want to connect, but they rarely have a place where they feel safe to do it. So they live this life of quiet desperation, which is really, really sad. Yeah, it is, yeah. Okay, brilliant, thank you very much. So sir, the, the, the floor is now yours about how we can find out more about you. Obviously, I'm gonna spike it again, Goldcast. Have a look for Rock Thomas because uh, it is a great video. But how can people find out more about you, the types of things that you do? And um, obviously, we'll put them on the show notes as well. 
Yeah, so my big thing is um, helping people transform their fear, doubt, and worry into action because action is the cure-all to all things. Most people don't do half as much as they'd like to. So I've studied human behavior, and I'm very good at getting people to do that and to build businesses to become financially free or build their character to become somebody that can become financially free. Often using the vehicle of real estate, there's about 10 different ways you can make money in real estate. Most people don't really know it. They don't know it. They don't want to do it. They don't want to learn about it. They feel uncertain. But really, rock, uh, rockthomas.com is my website. If they go there, they can get a free copy of my book. They can go to social media. I do lives from time to time. I have a podcast that's starting in the fall. They'll be able to hear from me then. I have a couple that are already on uh, iTunes called Rise with Rock. So if you look for Rock Thomas, you're bound to find me um, in one place, shape, form, or another. Brilliant. Um, Rock, thank you very much for joining me on the show. Um, I know it's taken a few times to, to actually get it to, to into action, but I just want to say I'm really grateful for you to join me today, and I wish you the greatest success. Well, thanks. You know, God's delays are not God's denials, and neither of us was going to give up. So, happy. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks very much, sir. All right. Cheers. First of all, let me just say a huge and massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know you're listening. I really appreciate the support. If you would like to know more about me, the services I offer, how to connect with me on social media, then please visit www.successiq.co.uk. Remember, if you're interested in learning some great strategies that I teach or want to be part of the amazingly supportive community where you can find lives, Q&A sessions and other great educational empowering resources, then take action and search for Success IQ Alliance on Facebook and join this brilliant group. It would be lovely to see you there. You can tune in and listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud and TuneIn and of course iTunes. And if you have enjoyed the show and have the time, please leave a rating and review because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm aspiring to do. I wish you the greatest success and remember, don't settle for mediocrity. Go out there and create and live the exceptional. Have a lovely week and remember, just one conversation can create a lifetime of results. See you next week.